Can you hear it? Can you hear all that? There you go. What you are listening to is episode number, I think it's going to be 212. We're going a little out of order here. Of the Mile High Show, this is where Jim Sobo of the Howling Coyote Tour takes over the mics once again for the Howling Coyote Tour Radio Hour episode. That's like his eighth, I think, eighth or ninth. It is 212 of the Mile High Show. And he's taken over to talk about his tour with Cross-Eyed Possums, who uh, I just met, but I have decided I don't like because they're young, they have hair, and they're talented. So uh, we don't like them already. They do have matching shoes, though. They have, Do they always wear matching shoes? Yeah. And Darren Mahoney and Sherry Fincer, Heart Dance record and, and, at Records. And, of course, you know Darren Mahoney because he is the Darren Mahoney. Constant guest of this show. And uh, you're going to hear all about their upcoming tour, their shows at Mark's Beer Garden. And how they are going to invade the state to our left, California, shortly as they uh, they take over California, L.A., San Francisco Bay Area. So check them out. Check out HowlandCoyoteTour.com, CrossEyedPossums.com, DarrenMahoney.net, HardDanceRecords.com. Listen to them play, and I am going to turn my mic off, and you don't have to hear me anymore. Oh, use that Amazon link at MileHighShow.com. Support this show. Support the artists that we support. And uh, Big Daddy's Barbecue, BDEBBQ.com. That's all the plugs. Let's listen to some music. Jim Sobo, excuse my my sexy voice today. A um, little under the weather, but uh, we will persevere. The show will go on. Um, I don't even know what episode this is, but I'm going to say it's maybe episode seven <laughs> of the Howling Coyote Tour Radio Hour. My name is Jim Sobo, and this is very, very, very exciting. Um, this is our first podcast where I'm actually, um, well, let's talk a little bit about the Helen Coyote Tour. The Helen Coyote Tour, for the last 14 years, has taken original singer-songwriters up to the San Francisco Bay Area and, sh- and showcased them. We usually do about seven shows. This year we're doing eight. And um, so this is our 14th year taking original singer-songwriters from the Southwest, specifically the Arizona region, into the San Francisco Bay Area. And this is our first podcast um, where I'm actually going to be introducing the folks that we're taking on tour for the 2019 14th annual Howling Coyote Tour. Cross-Eyed Possum, say hello. Howdy. Howdy. (laughs) And that is Jonah and Jason Howard and Mr. Darren Mahoney and his lovely, beautiful, special guest, Miss Sherry Fincer, the founder of Heart Dance Records. Say hello. 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 (laughs) 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 All right. So uh, for the next hour, we are going to be talking to these great uh, performers. We're going to be asking them about music. We'll be hearing music and we'll find out about their inspirations, their origins, and um, why they do what they do, and how I got so lucky to take them on the 14th annual Howlin' Coyote Tour. So, um, ladies first, 
Oh. <laughs> so um, Sherry Fencer. Sherry is an international performer. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherry, tell me a little bit about your musical background. Well, I get asked very often when I started playing the flute. So my answer is back in elementary school in band. And I chose the flute because it was the smallest of all the instruments, and I thought it would be the easiest to carry on the bus. Uh, so, yeah. And I started practicing and fell in love with it and studied classically for many years. Um, put the flute away for several years after I got married and started raising our two boys and came back to it really seriously about 19 years ago now and wow. found myself going from classical from a move from Rochester, New York, out to Phoenix. Then I started exploring other genres of music and playing with other musicians who taught me so much, just like this guy, Darren Mahoney. <laughs> that guy over there. That guy. That guy. <laughs> uh, that is beautiful. And so um, tell us a little bit about Heart Dance. Yeah, my label is Heart Dance Records, and it started with just my music back around 2008, 2009. And then I started doing a lot of collaborations with other artists, like this guy, Darren Mahoney. This guy. (laughs) Um, So I started bringing other artists onto the label that way. And then I really felt uh, passionate about the music we were doing. And I wanted to get more of that out into the world because I do believe that music can help heal in so many ways. And, you know, Darren's story. Um, so that inspired me to start taking on other artists. And now we've grown to about 40 artists that I work with on the label wow. internationally. So we have got an artist in Mexico, one in Brazil is our newest one, Germany, and Russia. So wow. it's been quite a ride and it's been really exciting. Do you travel? Uh, I do. I just got back from a cruise that I performed on that went to Jamaica, Cozumel, Grand Cayman, and uh, Costa Maya. Wow. So that and was fun. so how do you come upon all these artists from all over the, the world? Um, just being in the genre we're in, it, we're kind of, I don't want to say we're boxed in, but generally we're referred to as New Age. New Age. Yeah. Um, so as our music started getting played on the radio and other artists started contacting us and it, there's just a whole family of new age artists and we, m- most of us know each other now from different gatherings. There's a, a zone music reporter chart and they have an award show in New Orleans every May. Wow. And so we go there and we meet more and more um, people with the same interests and, and styles of music that we have. So we've just kind of built this huge network. And That's beautiful. And it's you've, great. you've given all of these great artists a home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, it's really hard as a musician. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I felt I kind of paved a way and I wanted to take others along with me because I know how hard that struggle is. So it if is, I can find a really good artist and help promote them, I that's just means the world to me that I'm able to do that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's kind of why I do the uh, tour, actually, yeah. is just just to get artists that I see from the area and I try to expose them. Yeah, because you hear it and you go, people need to hear yeah, your music. absolutely. Let me help you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so who is this funny guy next to you over here? <laughs> You're setting me up. <laughs> this, is, this is my brother from another mother, Darren Mahoney. <laughs> this guy. This guy. <laughs> um, so really, it's, I think my journey started with growing the label from, from meeting Darren. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. we recorded the album Transformation in 2013, and we would play, and just so many people would come up to us and tell us, how much the music moved them and that they thought our music would be great for... I mean, from the first you know. time we played together, you know, we didn't even know each other, mm-hmm. that people came, you know, we were like, oh, these these guys had... Because, you know, when you're playing with somebody and you really connect on that Nirvana wave or that level, you kind of look at each other and smile like, I'm there too. You know, I'm, that's, I'm there. You know, but you don't get that with... I mean, you don't get that with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But when you do, it's... It's like a drug. You want to hold on to it and see how long you can surf that, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. So how how did you guys meet? Oh, gosh. I uh, used to play for a country artist, and we got invited up to uh, Greer, Arizona to, for the benefit for the Wallow 
wildfire that went through up there, one of the biggest fire that went rolling through New Mexico and Arizona. And they did a big benefit deal, and they started bringing in local artists and other stuff. And uh, I got up there, and we were going to be playing. I think, did we? You played right after me, I think. Yeah, and Sherry's up there playing. And, you know, I do have a background from different style of music. You know, I grew up playing bluegrass, country, rock, you know, whatever. I mean, I went through the whole gamut. But the, we, she got done playing, and I'm we're up there performing, and she's off the side of the stage. Well, the stage manager came up, and she goes, you know, pulled, up, pulled me off the side while she, we were performing. She goes, do you mind if she comes out and plays with you guys? And I'm like, I'm fine with it if the artist is fine with it, you know. And so she came out, and uh, right away, I think we did Stand By Me by Benny King of all, you know, tunes, and then Something More by Sugarland. We did those tunes, and she just she was at home up there. Um, so after we got done, you know, I just unplugged my acoustic and went run off side stage, put my guitar away, and I was looking for because I was working on an album um, of instrumentals, and I really thought, wow, this this would be a really cool little sound to have some of this flute because she plays so many different varieties of flutes: alto, soprano, uh, you know, uh, subcontra, the big eight foot tall one yeah and, i'm bringing know, that so with me too yeah she has yeah, she's bringing those with it sounds like that big bass looks like a big number four sounds like an upright so bass. i want to take lessons from yeah. you on the bass yeah. so i can do what you do on my contrabass flute <laughs> but uh so after we got done um i i was at a point in my life where i was playing the cover tunes so much that i felt like i was just being a jukebox and it was the same thing, four hours, four hours, four hours, get home late. And I started getting burnout on it or, you know, and I made good money, but it was just burnout on it. And I think she was in the same place. She was doing a lot of orchestral stuff, playing with flute quartets and mm. other things. And uh, so I get a phone call from her and she's recording an album, uh, one of her Earth series. And she invited me in to record on a couple songs. And then after she got done, I said, why don't you come and record on a couple of mine? And while we were doing that, we just, we, the whole time, we're like, oh, man, great idea. We really worked good together uh, putting songs together or putting stuff in a song. Um, the one thing I, li I really like about these guys, uh, Cross-Eyed Possum, is they, very few people know how to respect space and dynamics and how to bring a song, how to introduce a song, how to bring it in. And that's the way we were, we were really important on that. You know, we were like, let's do this, let's try this, you know. And uh, so we just decided to do an album together. And being both of us were tired of what we were doing, it was a transformation. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was, that's what we ended up naming the album. You know, from such a background of playing, you know, bluegrass country, Slayer, Ozzy, all of that stuff, <laughs> and to be able to be, and doing this stuff, you know, it was just very satisfying for me. Yeah, I mean, that as well is part of the concept of, of mm -hmm. the Highland Coyote, is when I first moved here about 20 years ago, I go to a place called Coyote Joe's, and um, there was a singer-songwriter night, and it was just original singer um, songs, basically, by, by singer-songwriters. And I'd gotten out of the industry myself um, from L.A. and the, the Bay Area. And I was raising my daughter and taking care of my mom. And I saw these amazing artists who were playing original uh, music and without the commercial influence behind it and the machine behind it. And um, it was just heartfelt. Good. And it, it brought me back to a place that it reminded me of why we write in, mm -hmm. in the first place. Right. Why we play and, and write. Right. And where that should come from. Right. And um, so I understand. You know, you, you you know and it was, it was weird because people, when they started hearing this music I was playing, because they had seen me perform when I was younger and stuff, they were kind of a little, you know, the heck's going on <laughs> here? You know, Wyndham Hill guy now. And, um, you know, when I ended up, that was what changed that whole thing is a quick synopsis of it. In 96, I ended up with stage four liver cancer and given three months to live. And while in the hospital, people were bringing me in music and they were bringing me in, you know, Zeppelin and all, uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, all that stuff, which I love. But at that moment, I didn't want to listen to it. And a friend of my dad's gave him a bunch of these CDs from Wyndham Hill Records. or uh, Yeah. And he brought them in and they put them in. And man, you know, just to be able to sit there and just have, you know, killer acoustic 
guitar, relaxing. Um, I felt it was really calming me down because I'm going to die in three months. So I was trying to be as positive as I could. And this music, I believe, was hugely inspiration, you know, a, a big part along with the chemo um, in my healing from it. I ended up like seven months later going into remission with an experimental chemo. So, you know, Will Ackerman with Wyndham Hill Records, I was such a, I, w I was so grateful for the music that he put out there. And it was like, little did I know, big circle down the road, we'd become really good friends. I'd go to his place and record in Vermont. You know, Michael Hedges, Michael Manring, all these guys, you know, and uh, we became really good friends. It wasn't just about the music, because I, I know Will's story as well. We kind of have similar stories, but just in different areas. That guy was worth a lot of money at one time and unhappy, you know. And this music, I just felt the way it, it transformed me. Um, I started studying it a little bit more in open tunings, um, throwing the guitar against the wall, seeing what happens and see what you could make out of it kind of thing. And I, writing the song was a journey in itself, exploring, you know, and, you know, I don't know, that's where I came from. But meeting her was a huge thing. She, like I said, we're brother and sister musically and, you know, really good friends. So it's been a great journey. I get it, to meet people like these guys and, you know, everybody else out there doing this. Isn't it just, it's like asteroids flying through space. Um you know, not to get too spiritual, but um, sometimes it's the universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just when it's when easy. opportunity hands itself over and to two people that are in the it. same place yeah. at the same time spiritually, mm -hmm. um, and they both have something to offer each other that fills a void within themselves, right. whether it's musically or spiritually. Um, it's just, you know, mm. it's goosebumps. Right. It, it's amazing, amazing stuff. And everybody hears that when you guys play. So for everybody out there in podcast land, um, <laughs> I can't wait till you, you, you get and to And we laugh this. a lot. So, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. And what's, what's so great about this particular tour is that I'm representing from my little, my little corner of, of the planet on this tour this year. Uh, two ends of a musical spectrum. And I know what's going to happen as we get out there. Um, and I try to create a bridge be between these two styles that... Oh, I can see some afternoon sessions sitting yeah, absolutely. in, the, sitting in <laughs> yes. the rooms. and be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump over to the other side of that spectrum mm -hmm. to Cross-Eyed Possum. Hello, Jonah. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? How 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 are you guys today? Oh, we're great. We're great. Excited excellent. to be here. Excellent, excellent. So, um, you guys are family. That we are. Pretty <laughs> close family. Um, I say good uh, And when did when did music come into your lives? Like really? Like not? I I know that I know your dad, um, <laughs> and your mom, and I know that that you heard stuff being played around the house probably oh, yeah. right? lasting yeah. since we were born yeah. right all the time 24/7 um, Almond Brothers you know yeah, yeah uh, everything ranging from Almond Brothers the Beatles. to Beatles Miles Davis you know just pretty much everything we could get our hands on i would say and your little beautiful baby brains just sucked it all up <laughs> i hope so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> and uh so when do you feel at what age do you guys feel that you kind of separated yourselves from listening to you also grew up in band mm, and correct, school yeah, yeah. At, and you know um had your um academic commitments to uh, music but when did you separate that from um starting to create and starting to kind of take your own little ship in into the the sea of of uh, uh, music well i think the creation part um happened around i think the age of 14 years um when we were getting into high school a little bit you know seeing all these fresh new ex experiences uh we were traveling a lot getting to places like the telluride bluegrass festival huge inspirations there and i think i think just seeing those musicians you know i mean we've heard them forever and just just being able to finally see people play 
and uh, see how much fun it was. Kind of kickstarted our our avenues into into being able to create just like they were. So you you could see yourself there. You're like, I could do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would say well, just kind of like we liked what we saw, yeah. you know, and we loved what we heard always, always. Yeah. And you know, listening's still a huge part of what we do all the time. I would I would say we're probably still more champion listeners than players at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just suck everything in. You know, it's it's all it's all great stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, so for about you guys have been on this road now for about five years. I would say five years. Yeah, five years yeah. is a good. Yeah, way to sum that up. <laughs> and um, so in the last five years, uh, how did Cross-Eyed Possum come, come uh, about? Um, well, we played a lot with uh, some friends in middle school when we were getting into that transitional stage, the summer between middle school and high school. Uh, that's, that's really when we started playing with other people, and I think that, you know, kick-started Cross-Eyed Possum as a concept, you know, when we started uh, writing music. And um, I think... It was our mom that came up with the idea. You it know, was. We, were, we were brainstorming yeah. a band and we could not find a name for the life of us. And, and we were going through like old vacation photos or something. And, 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 and it was yeah, us I at some that. petting zoo with this, this little weird cross-eyed possum thing and, and, and like wrapped up in a blanket. <laughs> and we're like, you know, I mean, we like, we like weird music. We like Grateful Dead and all that type of stuff. Why not Fish. go with something weird, you know? So <laughs> It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. And then... You know, past that point, we started writing music that was, I'd say, you know, pretty, pretty mainstream influenced. And, and you know, after a little while, I, I'd say around like sophomore year, we started liking bands a lot more like Chris Robinson Brotherhood and stuff like that. And, and which is uh break off from the Black Crows and inspiration from the Grateful Dead, just stuff like that. And that's when we started to get our our more now sound. It went, and it lives up to the name a little bit more, I'd yeah, say. It's, it's when we were inspired to actually sing instead of play just grungy that chords too that all too <laughs> for the longest time we 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 were just a, a instrumental act playing chords and and seeing where <laughs> that took us i guess you know i guess the foundation has to be built somewhere though you know yeah yeah, yeah i was honored enough to be able to re record you um a couple of years back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And you are a uh, tour alumni. <laughs> this is your True, second yeah. Howlin' Coyote tour. Yeah. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Yeah. So this is, I think it worked out really, really well. Should be gentle with this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So um, enough talking. I think it's time for us to play a little bit of music. Uh, let's go ahead and get um, Darren and, and Sherry on. Uh, we're gonna do one off of. We we also have a trio that we you know play around with when he's available because he's touring all over the world. He plays with our Carlos Nakai, William Eaton, you know he plays with a lot of different people. So when he's available, we have a, a trio called Trilogue, uh, like a, a a dialogue for two people. This is a three way conversation music wise. So uh, we're gonna do one off of that. I think uh, uh, Dark Horse. All yeah, right, we'll do that. Okay, okay. I just. Picked it out. Okay, there we go. <laughs>
Excellent. So, whoever came up with the word new age music was out of their mind. <laughs> that yeah. is the lamest term for the, what the In fact, Will, Will Ackerman hates the term. I bet he, he does. He we do try it. to I'll stay away from does. it. Yeah. We're um, kind of more adult, contemporary, instrumental with the plethora of influences. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, you know what? It's just yeah. good music. That's much more beautiful. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just good music. It's cultured music. It's articulate. It's about tone and and a quality that you just don't hear that often. Thank you. So, I mean, New yeah. Age is just like, let's just can that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we had um, a guest bass player on our album Trialogue, Cass Anawadi, and he likes to refer to it as escape music. Yeah. Yeah, well, or just, just beautiful music. I mean, if you talk to James Taylor... Mm-hmm. And ask him, you know, what his music sounds like when there's no vocals. You know, right. I, I mean, there's really not much of a leap between that right. and what what you guys play. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so often when we do house house concerts, we like to do house concerts a lot because it's a more intimate setting, and we really get to know the the people. They in hear the stories behind the songs because you're you're doing instrumentals. So how did we come about writing them? What was the yeah picture? But a lot of times people come and they don't know what to expect, flute and guitar, and they're Yanni used to hearing, yeah, they're used to hearing <laughs> singer-songwriters and with vocals, and we don't sing, and um, so they're very surprised, and I, I, I love hearing the, those types of comments from yeah. them, because uh, oh it God. just floors them. Yeah. When I showcased um, uh, you last, I believe it was at our December show. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I've showcased um, uh, an act without any vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just wondering how it was going to go. And, of course, it was the most inappropriate venue ever <laughs> for you guys. Um, but, you know, Darren's like, I got no problem with it. You know, oh, we've, yeah. we've played all kinds of places. So I was like, okay. I've done stuff at the Birdcage. And I remember the first time I moved here, I got invited up by Don Cheek. And... Uh, my wife's like, well, you know, because I I've, I've, I've play bluegrass, you fox on a ride. I love, you know, I love the new grass stuff more than I, I'm, I appreciate the old, but I'm really, Sam Bush and all those guys. I just really love that stuff. Um, so I can do that. I, I love doing Glenn Campbell. I, I can I sing and I perform. I do that, you know, on a solo thing. But uh, my wife's like, what are you going to do? You know, everybody's up there, ooh, we ride me high. You know, they're all singing these songs. And I says, I'm going to do an instrumental. If they boo me, they boo me. And I uh, got up there, and Don's like, do you need any, you know, vocal? And I said, well, not, I'll just talk a little bit. But, And I started playing. And you know how a birdcage, it's, it's noisy. And uh, as I started playing, all of a sudden, you could just hear the volume drop, 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 drop. So it was just dead silence. And, you know, I got done with my three songs, and I thought, well, you know, that was cool. I did something nobody else is doing, right. but I took mm-hmm. a hell of a risk. <laughs> you know, just getting done and hearing that. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 the slow clap. Oh. <laughs> but even when we were done playing at Mark's Beer Garden, oh, yeah, they loved um, it. Yeah. there was a guy that came up. He had tears in his eyes, mm-hmm. and he was yeah. just saying how beautiful then, it was. Know, and yeah, and the same exact thing happened at Mark's. And you got construction workers. Mm-hmm. You've got... You know, regulars. Well, it helps that I'm pretty good looking too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. It, that's hard to do with that l- you know. lady next to you, uh, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a rough crowd at Marks. Yeah. I would say <laughs> even more. Well, I don't know about even more than the birdcage, but I'd say it's a parallel. And Prescott so, appreciates every kind. No of music. doubt. You know, that's yeah. what I love about this place. You know. What, Kenny Rogers, drummer, he lives in Prescott Valley. You know, you got all these musicians that have kind of hung their hat up here. And on an off night, like me and my wife were at Murphy's and eating dinner. It was uh, just kind of a night to get out. And uh, it was just like two days after you said this other guy was out and uh, the old cross-eyed possum was going to be on the tour. And I'm like, cool. I had... I think I had seen your guys' names on, like, you know, windows or something like that for advertising or something like that. yeah. But uh, I think one of you, I remember one of you, I think wasn't you playing with Sugar and the Men or oh, you? Yeah, yeah, there, Jason. Um, yeah. I remember that. 
And but when I we were walking by, I could hear, and I was like, I wonder if Don's playing or Drew or you know something like that. And yeah. I'm walking by, and all of a sudden I see these two guys sitting there playing. But the music before I even saw these guys, the music I was really you know kind of like a horse. Whoa, you know, let's check this out. And we walked in, and I looked at the sign, and I said, Oh my God, Ames. He goes, What? I said, These are the guys that are going on the tour. <laughs> so we walked in, <laughs> and uh, I I called her the next day. I said, Wow. These guys, their talent, I mean, and your musicianship is <laughs> unbelievable. Thank yeah. you very much. You can, tell, you, yeah, you, you can tell family yeah. when family or people really close together, but mostly family, when they play together, there's a certain right. certain chemistry that happens <laughs> yeah, like there that the, you can't like really get. The Ping brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frank and Don. Yeah. Yeah. Same day Doug. birth helps a lot in that situation, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Darren mentioned Prescott. And that's a place, uh, it's about six, almost 6,000 feet up. It's about a little mile-high town in what would be, I guess, northern Arizona. And that's where we broadcast from, thanks to Mr. Matt Santos um, and Matt's stream, which is at milehighshow.com. Please check it out. Um, that's where we do the Highland Coyote radio hour and where we do Howling Coyote shows and where the Howling Coyote tour leaves from to go up to the San Francisco Bay Area. It's a beautiful place. You should come and check it out. All right. Since we're since uh, Darren had thrown the ball into your court. <laughs> you liked how I did that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Segway. yeah. It's up. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Um, quick question. You gentlemen um, just came back from your first year of college each. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. One went north, one went south. <laughs> Um, what was that like? Tell me about your, your last year of, of musical education. The separation was difficult, I would yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I had a tough time being away from this guy. Yeah, we're the most <laughs> most creative about our own styles of music when we're together. Like you guys were talking about, like that brother-sister connection type mm -hmm. thing. We have that a lot with us as well. And when you separate that, especially trying to write the kind of music that we write together when you're apart, it becomes very difficult. But um, we were focusing on, because we both go to school for uh, jazz performance, and he also does the orchestral performance on his bass. Um, we, we were benefited greatly by uh, the technical aspects that we learned at school, for sure. Yeah, and we, will, we hope to continue doing that throughout the next three years. That's amazing. So uh, you built up your skills a little bit. And, <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> we'll and, see. And your library to draw from. Of course, right? yeah. And, yeah. Um, different tricks of the trade. Yeah, right? I would and, say so. And how you can transfer what you've learned from different genres mm. into what you do as as an act with, with Cross-Eyed Possum. So let's go ahead and hear um, uh, what you sound like now. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're going to do a tune called Keep Walking On. It's a relatively new song, uh, not on our... On our latest album, From but our uh, next album, I yeah, guess yeah, so our next album is that what we say. Been recorded yet. Hasn't been recorded or released yet, but uh, be on the lookout. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Got to keep on walking on now. Keep walking on. Road's getting sandy and your feet are dragging on. The road's getting real low. You don't know where to go. Keep walking on. Gotta make up for lost time Sleeping on the job So get back to the room You know the one Work till the day is done Keep walking Keep walking on Keep walking Keep walking on
days are getting longer And you don't know If any of these tireless nights are paying off Waking up before the sun does Try and get back on track Putting yourself to the end One more time Gotta make up for lost time Sleeping on the job So get back to the room You know the one Work till the day is done don't think you've already lost Even if your doubts aren't gone Keep walking on Times just keep getting harder Keep walking on Cause times just keep getting harder Keep walking on Cause times just keep getting harder Keep walking on Cause times just keep getting harder Walking on this time, just keep getting harder. Keep walking on this time, just keep getting harder. Keep walking on this time, just keep getting harder. All right, well, hey, man, what the heck was that? <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I tell you what, um, what was the song that I recorded by you guys, uh, Better? Yeah, it was, it was called The Better. It wasn't in, re- in right. reference to, to what we were playing. It right. was, yeah, but it was, it was, uh, the, I think it was a song about endearing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it was a great, great, yeah. great song. But nothing, it was a tremendous song. Mm-hmm. But I can hear the absorption of your education, and I can hear the next step <laughs> of cross-eyed possum. Yeah, Thank and you. if that keeps happening exponentially over the next three years, <laughs> you guys are just going to be like somewhere in the stratosphere <laughs> or something. <laughs> nice. Thank you. By yeah. uh, I sure see that. So. Yeah. yeah. By. Yeah. By you know 2022 or something, <laughs> you guys <laughs> well, are gonna take you. off. It'll be. It'll be like. 
cross-eyed rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the evolution. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. can hear it. I can hear it. Um, the LASIK surgery possum. The <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's the next, straight now. The next step. <laughs> the next step. <laughs> oh, oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go back um, to Darren and Sherry. Um, so Darren... When you started playing acoustically mm-hmm. and you had the breadth of your experience with bluegrass and country mm-hmm. and a little bit of rock and roll. Right. Um, that was an that was an <laughs> I awesome. I the rock and roll lifestyle. Right. I played a lot of bluegrass <laughs> and country. Right, there exactly, right. Um, how did you find I know you were listening Mm-hmm. to the music and it was right. part of your healing process right um of the articulation and, and that tone okay of that style How, you know did it take you a while to be able to transfer where you had come from in music to find your place in this new genre that you now play yeah i, I kind of like it i've done this reference before you know when i I was a little kid. I remember hearing Charlie Rich on the piano and um, just the soulfulness of his voice. But then I started hearing people like Roy Clark and Chet Atkins and Jerry Reed and, you know, just how is the sound coming out of the guitars. Uh, Then my parents took me to a John Denver concert, and I was just amazed at what that guy was doing in the round with just a guitar and how he everybody was just, like, listening to this guy talk, hanging on every word. You know, with that, moving out to here to Arizona from Michigan, I started getting more into the bluegrass, Um, you know, just going to the festivals. I went to every festival around Four Corners, Wickenburg, you know, uh, they used to have it up in Sholo, Payson, the Fiddler's Contest, Prescott when it used to be out of Watson, you know, you get the Desert Rose guys out there, or what's his name, Um, McEwen from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, you know, you get these guys out there, but then going to the Telluride festivals, you started, I loved going to the, the concerts, you know, out at the park. That was fun. But to me, the best part was strapping on the guitar the week before the festival and going around and meeting everybody that was pulling it in for the, you know, the festival that weekend and seeing the young kids. I mean, I, I remember seeing a uh, mandolin player. He couldn't have been this tall. The mandolin was probably half his height. And 2 in the morning, just ripping it up. I mean, everybody just stood out of the way and watched this kid come in, and I thought, where does that come from? And and being able to soak in the, the plethora, I called it, that's why I'm getting to my point, it's a melting pot of influence stew. I think everybody has a little bit of everything that they take from it because you hear a lick. I hear licks he, you know, he was doing, and I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, I know that lick. I, I remember asking a guy, because I don't read a lick of music. Hmm. Everything I is just by listening and playing, you know, and asking and learning. And I've had some great, you know, I, I was telling these guys, you know, Carol Pallet, phenomenal guitarist. You know, people, you know, when they hear her perform, they're just blown away. Um, I just love listening. Uh, that's why I'm looking forward to most of listening to these two guys playing. I mean, I love that we get to play, but you also, when you're touring with somebody that you really enjoy listening to, it makes it that much more fun. That's a great part of this show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that when I I get to play with two other performers or two other acts that I admire and respect, and after my set's done, I get to watch nice. them play. Nice. And then, and then you th- start thinking about your next set, you know, and, and start, and when we get to spend time on the road with each other, during yeah. the daytime, when we're just kicking around, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Songs get written. You know, you just never know. Looking forward. So to I'm going to throw the same <laughs> question to to Sherry. Mm-hmm. Sherry, your background is is very technical mm-hmm. and very, um, you know, a lot of hard work. Yes. Went into <laughs> your craft. Hours and hours and hours, hours of and practicing. Hours and a day. It was hard for her to go into improv. improv. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was really hard right. for her. And so well, I'm, this is her question. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just like my husband. <laughs> you know, my gosh. <laughs> so, as I was saying, um, coming from that background, 
you know, into what you do now with Darren, I do. I hear you, you know, throwing in some blues licks and I hear you mm -hmm. throwing in some jazz. Mm -hmm. You know, um, how is that transition for you? Was it because uh, I know classical artists that are technicians mm -hmm. and I and can see what I the used to analytical be. mind mm -hmm. and they're seeing formulas in the way that math mathematicians do. And, that, you know, if you ask them to jam, that's not going to happen. Right. Um, so how did you get from <laughs> that background to being able to, you know, gosh, throw in those blues licks and jazz licks and stuff like that? How did you make that leap? Yeah, I was that person that I couldn't play anything unless I had the sheet music in front of me. <laughs> um, so when we moved out here, we my husband and I moved out in 2005 to Phoenix. And I did not know one single person in the valley. And it was starting over. It really was. And I started teaching at a, a small school in Awatuki called Music Makers Workshops. So I was teaching in one room. And in the next room was a guitar player who played some jazz and some flamenco and some classical. And so we got to talking and... Um, we we did a few gigs together and some weddings, and he recorded on my very first album, which was not my own music. It was composed music by uh, different composers. And um, at that point, I hadn't started to improv yet, but I also ran into a, a harpist who wanted to get out of doing weddings and experiment. She wanted to learn how to improv, too. So... We said, okay, well, let's let's get together. We'd get together in her living room, and you know nobody else was around, so it was it was safe to experiment <laughs> and make mistakes. Um, I also, at that same time, met a flamenco guitarist who wanted me to join his band, and he said, "Well, you're going to have to improv." And I was like, uh, "I can't." And he was said, no, yes, you can. And so I would just go home and practice and practice. Now, I also have the influence of my son, Nick, who has played jazz for, since he was uh, in middle school. Um, so I've got that influence. I Now I draw the blues influence from Darren, playing with Darren. So um, just many different people that I've played with uh, have kind of melded me into what I'm doing today but i have to say if you're a classical musician out there the best thing to do is throw that sheet music away and just, <laughs> and just learn to play i had to learn to play by ear um i don't even know when i play with somebody i don't even want them to tell me what the chord changes are i'm like just tell me what the key is because that is too it's very challenging for me to try to think that way all the chord changes um so i just play and it just works i I don't know. I can't really explain it. Yeah, it just it's, it's who you are now. Yeah. <coughs> who I just know where the music's going, and I know where to go. What you've become, just like Darren, this is what you have become. We always liken it to the, the hockey player and the figure skater. <laughs> <laughs> just, he's a, I'm a little bit country and rock and roll. You know, it's just, it's, it, what, a, what a way to join to a bunch of different styles. Yeah. But yet be able to read each other's minds. We record that in, yeah. like in the studio. Which she'll sit in an ISO booth. I'm in an ISO booth. We can yeah. see each other. But we're, you know, it's like, oh, what's, what are you doing right there? Hold on. All right, how about, uh, 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 you know, and we start working that way. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, 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 oh yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well. let's do that. But sometimes know? we're in studios and we don't see each other. No. And we still, mm -hmm. there's something telepathic you that we have. You between walls. You can still. And we just Because you know each other. You guys know each other. And that's what I talk about family and brother and sister. Mm -hmm. It's, you you kind of know that far in advance. Like, oh, I see what he's doing. Okay, hmm. so I, he's going to yeah. do this, isn't he? Like when you guys came in, he says, I knew you were going to play that. <laughs> 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 you know, it's that way. It's like, right. I, I just right. flashed before. And even mm -hmm. if, like, uh, you know, we're playing and, you know, being the, the guitarist, sometimes I mess up on a chord or I, 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 I don't go in when I'm supposed to. She catches it. Same with her. If she, like, she ends up, I could tell just by the first note that she's going to the verse instead of the chorus. Mm -hmm. Vice versa. We both know how to catch each other. And then when you're done, it's like, yeah, that was rehearsed. <laughs> 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 
All right, would <laughs> would okay. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Santo directing this episode. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, again, Matt Santos is making this all happen. The, the Helen Coyote Tour Radio Hour at MileHighShow.com. So de- definitely check Matt out. He is he is what I call the safety net of Prescott in regards to. Um, uh, creativity and photography and stand-up comedy. Um, so check him out. He's just he gets out there into the clubs and just kind of is a fly on the wall. Just kind of makes you know makes us all look a lot. A now lot, we really appreciate everything you do. A man. lot, yeah. a yeah, lot so better than we are probably you, you most really of the time. Um, okay, may I may I ask you guys to play another song? Sure, as long as Crosside Possum plays with us. The, uh, oh, okay then. <laughs> All right, that would be great. Yeah.
think they might be rising The anger is flying Please try to keep your demons down You're showing off yourself Flying off the shelf Working hard to please you all I'm a working man Doing whatever I can To get you to think about that I'm driving across the country Yearning for that longing Just to get away Far away from you But there's no escape Farther I run, the closer I come. Once again, and wow, unbelievable. So that's what, I don't know if there's anybody out there in podcast land that happens to be from the San Francisco Bay Area, but that's what's coming, people. (laughs) And uh, we're going to bring a little bit of Southwestern love your your way, and that's what that sounds like here this year on the 2019 Howlin' Coyote Tour coming coming at you. We'll be stopping in L.A., on Sunday, the 14th of July, playing at the Mar Vista Farmer's Market from approximately 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And we'll be having some special guests on top of uh, what's already going on. A uh, great piano player named Matthew Hurwitz that was part of my band back there years ago. It's going to sit in with me on a couple of tunes. And, um, and then we're off on the road playing a first show is in Novato and then we're just playing several different shows um, ending on Sunday the 21st in San Francisco at the San Francisco Brewing Company in Ghirardelli Square so uh, check out www.howlingcoyotetour.com and you can see all the tour dates and come check us out we're doing a, a benefit show actually that first Tuesday the 15th of July 
I believe. Uh, no, the 16th of July. Tuesday, the 16th of July at a place called Montre Wines in Novato, California that will be benefiting the um, Marin School of, of the Arts. So uh, check that out as well as all the other shows will be all over the place in Petaluma, in Windsor, in, um, oh gosh, so many places I can't even, I can't even tell you. <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead and plug some sites. Um, tell us what's going on at Heart Dance Records about any shows coming up or where can people find Darren's music and where can they find Heart Dance Record artists? Sure, they can go to heartdancerecords.com. And we have artist pages for all of our artists, so they can find out more about them there. So Darren has a page, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I have a page. Excellent. And uh, so all of our music can be purchased at all the regular retail sites, Amazon, iTunes, Bandcamp. You can stream it on Spotify and Pandora. Yeah. Beautiful. That's beautiful. And how about, how about Cross-Eyed Possum? Where, where can people hear you? You have any shows coming up? Uh, we do have a show coming up uh, 4th of July at a little place called Granite Mountain Brewing in Prescott. It's a great little spot. Excellent. So come on out if you get a chance. Yeah. And, um, this will be after the 4th. Oh, this will be after the 4th. Oh. Okay. So maybe not that one. No, <laughs> it, was, it was a great show and it was packed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was a great show and it was Pulled packed. It so thank you all for, for coming to that Thanks one. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, but in... in uh, in other places, Mark's Beer Garden, <laughs> first one of this tour. And um, we're also on Spotify as well and all those, uh, all those places to find music. And we have a website, uh, www.crossitepossum.com. Uh, you can find all of our live shows there, and uh, as well as our music and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Yes, the actual first show on the tour this year is here in Prescott, Arizona at Mark's Beer Garden. On Friday, July 12th, from 6 to 9 p.m., you can catch Sherry Fincer, Darren Mahoney, and Cross-Eyed Possum, and myself, Jim Sobo. Thank you for another wonderful hour of music and discussion, and we'll be seeing you next time. I'm going to now hand the mic over to Mr. Matt Santos. <laughs> <laughs>
and that's how it ends. 